Hello, this is Lisa LaRose here on Connect to Love on PRNFM, and I am joined by my wonderful co-host, Michael J. Ross. I am so honored and so welcome. So it just fills my heart so much, Michael, to have you uh, each week share your thoughts and, and what you bring out in my world. I just am so grateful. So welcome. <laughs> welcome to you. Thank you. It's awesome. Ditto. Ditto right down the yeah. line. Yeah, I so when I, when I thought of, I, I wanted to start off and uh, just say both you and I met through Glenn Brooks, the founder of the Vibrant Living Network, and he always used to say um, and love the thought of a beginner's mind and what that means. And so I thought if we could be open and invite in a beginner's mind, and we'll kind of delve into that, but I had a quote. Uh, that sort of reminded me of a beginner's mind because each day, if we if we approach the day without any prejudices, without any preconceived notions, that we were actually beginning something new, it's sort of like taking ourselves out of our own element and putting ourselves mm-hmm. into something different. And there's this woman, and it's C. Joy Bell C is is uh, and I'm guessing it's a woman, but <laughs> perhaps it's a man. But the quote that I read it was just mm-hmm. it just sparked so many thoughts, and I I thought it would be great to start off the show with it. And it says, "I have realized it's during the times I am far outside my element that I experience myself the most, that I see and feel who I really am the most. I think of that." It's like a comet that you see. A comet is born in the outer realms of the universe. It's only when it ventures too close to our sun or to other stars that it releases the blazing tail behind it and it shoots brazen through the heavens. And meteor, meteors become sucked into the atmosphere before they burst like firecrackers and realize that they're shooting stars. That's why I enjoy taking myself out of my own element, my own comfort zone, and hurtling myself into the unknown because it's during those scary moments, those unsure steps taken, that I'm able to see that I'm like a comet hitting a new atmosphere. Suddenly, I illuminate magnificently, and fire dust begin to fall off of me. I discover a smile I didn't know I had. I uncover a feeling I didn't know existed in myself before. I am a shooting star, a meteor shower, but I'm not going to die out. I guess I'm more like a comet then. I'm just going to keep on coming back. And I just I love that. I thought, oh my gosh, that's exactly what we each every day we have the opportunity to be like that. And that when we take ourselves and put ourselves into a place that may be a little bit uncomfortable or take the blinders off, that we are really mm-hmm. able to make connections. And so, um, yeah. So, and that's I just thought that that would be such a fun way to to kind of talk about it and and you're one of my favorite comments too michael <laughs> hurtling around <laughs> well, the, this you. universe with you yeah yeah so I i'd love awesome. to hear your thoughts about that well hmm stepping outside of of your own element um it's 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 something that number one it, it brings up the unknown and the unknown is fearful to many people uh, because we are more comfortable with the known. And um, Glenn Brooks used to always uh, say as well, step outside of the known. Step outside mm-hmm. of the known. You, you only grow when you step outside of the known. You have to embrace the unknown. 
And uh, that involves getting comfortable with being uncomfortable, as they say. Uh, it is, uh, it's, it's a sort of this, sort of this um, conundrum, so to speak. You want to uh, grow, you want to evolve, however it involves doing something that, it, it involves embracing the unknown, a different mindset of embracing the unknown and, and being comfortable with, with being out there. Now me, uh, personally, my experiential wisdom is all about, you know, stepping into the unknown. I've talked to, you know, um, before in this program about, uh, you know, getting together, walking in and seeing a group and asking if I could play with them, play drums for a couple of songs with them when I've never met them before. They've never met me before. I've never been in that place before. Uh, and I'm out of the town, out of the country somewhere. Maybe they don't even speak my language. They still say for some reason, yeah, sure, come on up. And I'm like, and I, and I get up and it's, it's I, I could say, I just turn my fear into energy and focus. That's the way I've learned to do it, to turn mm-hmm. any fears I have into, into power. Turn that fear into power by focusing. I step into a whole different world mentally. And um, that world is one where I, I immediately connect. I connect with, with uh, my higher self, and I'm able to then, I guess, channel what I need to channel in order to succeed musically. Um, I'm, I have an intense focus, that, and I, I hear things, I listen. I have a, a, a unique knack for ending a song when it's supposed to be ending. And I've been complimented by that many, many, many times. Where like, how did you know that song was ending there? And I'm going, well, I can sense it. I'm looking. I'm gathering together all of the information that is in my field. And uh, that information is telling me that the song is going to end in the next eight beats. And that's pretty much it. And it's validated by someone in the group, bass player, lead singer, keyboard player, somebody. I'm just paying attention. Instead of being in my own little world, I am immersed in the world of what's going on. And for people, when you're stepping into, to our listeners who are stepping into, the, into an unknown situation, focus is your ally. Focus is it. Fear is actually your ally. It's, it allows you to, to gather this energy you have yourself have within yourself to focus on what's going on, to open up all of your senses, your sense of smell, your sense of touch, your sense that you're, you're, you're able to, to move um, within the field of, of your vision and see things and hear things and pay attention in a way that you wouldn't otherwise do it because you're in a place of comfort. Most of the mm-hmm. time we're in a comfortable place. We're not paying attention. We're not. It's just what we do. Well, I've been there before. I've done that before. I know what happens, you know, so I don't have to pay attention, uh, which is if you're doing this day in, day out, year after year, it can become very boring. And you stay, you, you never evolve through that. You're not putting yourself in a situation where you have to experience something that is uncomfortable that, that lets you know that you have the tools and the skills to be able to move beyond it. To, to deal with it in a positive way. Uh, so, uh, you know, my mother used to always put us in the position, she, if we wanted to do something, and she would never say you couldn't do that. She would say, give it a shot. You know, and if we failed or if it didn't turn out as we planned, 
then she wouldn't say, uh, I thought that wouldn't happen. No, she would say, mm, maybe you might change it. Tell me about it. And then say, you know, maybe you might change that next time. You know, give a suggestion, that, uh, uh, words of encouragement, and maybe a suggestion for how to, how to succeed next time or how to do it better. Uh, interestingly enough, my dad was kind of the same way, although my mother was the one I think who was the, uh, the, the soothsayer in the, in the tribe. Um, and, That's a good uh, choice of words. Yeah, she was a soothsayer, man. Was, she, she was absolutely amazing. And uh, <laughs> sat there. I have to tell you, this is really a funny story. I came home one day after two years of being divorced, and I said, ah, I, think, I think I want to marry this girl. And she'd already met her. And she goes, really? Uh, why is that? And she let me walk right into it. <laughs> she let me Isn't walk right funny? into it. Oh, yeah. I was divorced about two years later. But, I mean, still, she let me walk right into it. She evidently saw something. You know, love, love is blind. They say that's a, kind of a cliche thing, but it can be. I mean, you, love is a drug. It's, uh, you know, your endorphins and your dopamine starts, you know, <laughs> ratchets up. And, and before you know it, you're blind to things, seeing things that otherwise that other people can see. And if they're, if they're wise people, they won't necessarily say, I wouldn't do that if I were you. That's not what they'll say. They'll say, yeah, yeah. If that's what you feel you need to do, then do it. Because that's how you learn about yourself. Mm-hmm. That's how you, you evolve in life. You learn something about yourself you didn't know before. And you have to step out of your own element, as, uh, as your quote said, in order for you to learn that. Now, the, the trick is, of course, to forgive yourself and not beat yourself up forever, no matter how much it costs you in abundance or whatever, whatever mm-hmm. price you have to pay for it. Um, you know, you consider that part of the lesson as well. It's like, oh, I'll do something different next time, or maybe I won't. So consequently, I've been in a relationship for 21 years, and I haven't, I'm not married, and I'm not going to get married again. And she knows that, and she doesn't want to. She's been in a marriage before, but we're we're committed to creating a to to creating a uh, a place for our relationship to thrive. And she lets me go do whatever I need to do. She doesn't necessarily have to be involved in it. I, we do things together. There are things that we do on purpose with intention together, and uh, we have fun doing it. And then I enjoy being in my office, doing my own thing, uh, five days a week till five o'clock. However, I know mm-hmm. when to shut it off. And so it's what's interesting about ourselves in life. This is, a, this, is, this is a challenge, a big challenge for most people. And I had somebody, uh, a, a, a boss way back when about, oh gosh, this was almost 38 years ago. And he said, you know what? He says, what you need to do uh, is to if you wash yourself with your right hand every morning, because most people use one hand to wash themselves, the right hand or left, whatever the dominant hand is, switch hands. Do it the other way for a week. <laughs> you know, my, my handwriting, uh, a friend who's a handwriting specialist told me, write with your left hand. Instead of your right hand, write my alphabet with your left hand. Because your, left, your non-dominant hand is, is a direct connection to your, excuse me, is connect, direct connection to your, um, to your, uh, to your, uh, what you call it? Your, uh, uh, 
My apologies. I got to put the phone like up. That's apologies. your direct connection. That's yeah, that was that was direct connection to something that's gonna. I, they, they have to leave a message. <laughs> it's a direct connection. <laughs> your left hand is a direct connection to the that'll work. To your um, a direct connection to your creativity, your creative mind. I believe that. Mm-hmm. That's what it is. Yeah. You know, it's a direct connection mm-hmm. to your creative mind, and uh, uh, it's interesting because I had a wine glass. I think a couple of days, sometime in the last week, I was given a wine glass at a party and a pen to write my name on the glass. And I literally just took the glass uh, in my right hand and they gave me the pen in my left hand and I uh, wrote the uh, wrote my name with my left hand. Easy. Easy peasy. No problem because I'd done it before. And it looked exactly like my right hand, as if my right hand had done it. That's Very interesting stuff. Yeah, yeah no, it it's is. kind of cool. You know, you can, you can do that. Yeah, and Michael, I think it's really great because we do learn from our mistakes. And um, I recently found there was there was a gentleman, Stephen Pressfield. He was the author of the book Bagger Bagger Vance, and I I went to his website because right. I had heard about him. And and what I love about what he said, he said, you know, I wrote for 17 years before I earned my first penny. He worked as a screen, before he even worked as a screenwriter, he taught school, he drove a tractor trailer, he worked in advertising. Um, He lived in a house with no power. I mean, his, his whole path is so interesting. And he has this new program called The War of Art. And it's really about, um, finding our gifts and our talents and really understanding that you don't have to be gifted. You just start with today. So he, he has a, a free mini course. I haven't taken it yet, but I wanted to subscribe to it because I thought, you know, I can always mm-hmm. learn something new. And Pam Grout, who is always one of my favorite authors, um, she talked about becoming a thought artist. And I really like that idea. And you can, and we've talked about this before, really cultivate and create what it is that you want. And so I think that when you start with a beginner's mind, if if it's hard for you to see yourself somewhere, you know, forget all of that. Forget the fact that you've maybe, in his case, you've never written a screenplay or you don't even know how to, to type on a computer. Um, you, don't know how to, uh, you don't know how to type. I, I learned how to type from Mavis Beacons, <laughs> learning, you know, just a program and typing on, on the computer that way. Um, because I never, I never had that skill set. I never took typing in school. But there's, yeah. there's a place that you begin today, and that when you start with that beginner's mind, if you truly sort of, pay attention, um, you'll start to get little subtle hints and information that come along the way. And pretty soon, um, you're going to forget that you even didn't know how to do this stuff. It it just sort of comes to you. And and we start Mm -hmm. to get little clues. And as we tune in and our awareness expands, we start to really pay attention to the synchronicities and the things. So for me, you know, finding Stephen Pressfield's work, I don't really know very much about him, but it gives me a new avenue of exploration. And it's um, something I thought, you know, I'm not really fond of the word war, but I'm going to, you know, work with it and <laughs> embrace mm-hmm. it um, and sort of see, well, why did this show up in my life? 
and really then you know look and see what information that might be there for me to pay attention to what can I learn and grow from and I think that mm-hmm. that's really what it what it's all about and and True. and I think that was one of the things that I always appreciated about Glenn you know sometimes there were some things that were were challenging but he always sort of took on some topics that expanded and and my horizons for sure and invited lots of areas for of inspiration and exploration and I was thinking about that the other day because and I I'm, I'm curious I'm sure that if we delved into the shows that you were on with him I I had an opportunity to speak with Jack LaLanne when he was still alive um, mm-hmm. some really yeah. progressive minds you know Patricia Bragg uh, you know Dr. Nicholas Gonzalez, who healed pancreatic cancer from a, a very different oh, yeah. perspective of mm-hmm. an, as an yes, oncologist. Yeah, mm-hmm. and, and so I think that each one of those people, I mean, Jack Lane, um, really when he began his career uh, <laughs> being a fitness guru, it really wasn't embraced the way that it was. And so for no, him it wasn't and some even... of the other mm-hmm. – No, yeah, it, 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 it wasn't something, even – I was going to say something completely new. Go ahead, Michael. No, it's say? just no. It it's a it's a. Jack Lemming was a pioneer, and there are people who are pioneers, um, and uh, uh, in their in their field with regard to um, you know what they're doing. They're the fitness people that really look at fitness uh, the way that um, that uh, Jack Lemming looked at fitness. People didn't. Um, look at uh, healing people of cancer the way Dr. Nicholas Gonzalez, Gonzalez uh, uh, approached it. His his approach was very different, very unique. It was you know heal heal the mind and the 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 mindset, the behaviors, uh, habits, and thought processes that that um, created this disease. That was that was one of his big things. Yeah, you got pancreatic cancer. Um, if you if you step into the uh, the avatar of I've got pancreatic cancer and it's a death sentence and only 96% of the people who have it actually and only 4% of the people who have it survive, uh, then you're going to have a much more, and you're not willing to change any of the thought patterns, beliefs, behaviors, uh, feelings and emotions that that, that led to uh, that that help create that issue. Then you you're basically going to have to. Um, then you're going to have to deal with the consequences. He was somebody who was very stern about who he worked with. He wanted someone who would step out of their element. That's who mm-hmm. he wanted. That's who, those, those are the patients that he wanted to have on. He was on two of our shows. And um, very, very unique gentleman. Uh, and, and, uh, and would only accept patients who were willing to step outside of their element, willing to um, change their um, what I've come to understand this past week is identity. Okay, mm-hmm. I, I say the word avatar because I saw the movie last week and it was fabulous. Uh, however, it, it is it is it's it's the same thing that 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 um, uh, connection uh, or similarity between identity and and avatar and uh, uh, my friend Brian Scott I believe used that. Uh, that example of, of, of avatar. We are all souls as avatars. We are, we're in different bar, avatar bodies. You know, our experience, what we, way we think, the habits we have, what we know, um, these things uh, are developed 
over time. And we all have, what's cool about it is we have the ability to change avatars, change identities. And I started thinking back to when I got into the profession that I'm in. And one of the pivotal moments occurred when I realized that I was operating within a profession uh, where I was like an entrepreneur developing my own business under the auspices of as if I were receiving a salary as a manager of a store. Those two things are completely incongruent with each other. And I thought, mm-hmm. when, I, when I heard that, and I, and I read his, uh, actually I listened to his episode on, on identity, which I, th- I found to be fabulous. It, there's, there's a lot of dovetails there, obviously, with um, law of attraction, uh, energy frequency, uh, vibration, resonance, uh, and uh, you know, thoughts and feelings and imagining yourself as being that now, that kind of thing. But it, it goes a little deeper than that. Your, your habits are different. The habits that I had as, as when I was managing a store, things I was in charge of, things I had to do, the energy, um, the, the, uh, the, the mindset I had, the behaviors I had to engage in, were not the same as if I owned the store. And then when I – so I was, I was the avatar of a shoe store manager, right? So then mm-hmm. I, changed, I changed professions, but I needed to get away from the avatar. I brought the avatar of shoe store manager to the new profession where I was more like an entrepreneur, more like the owner of the store. And so when I realized that I had not shed the avatar and adopted a new avatar as the entrepreneur, the new mindset, different habits, stepping into, of course, a new version of myself, I was actually creating a new version of myself and had to do that in order to survive and thrive for, for the, as long as I have, three, over three and a half decades. And I, I didn't think about it until, until this week, that that is what I needed to do. And we all need to do that. And that's what Nicholas Gonzalez was looking for. He was looking mm-hmm. for that. He was looking for people who wanted to shed the old avatar that led to the illness, to the disease, to adopt a new avatar that was one that would support the, the, the optimal health that he was helping them with, you know? He was helping them. Right. And, right. and if, they didn't, if they weren't willing to do that, then no, he wasn't willing to take them on as a patient. And we talked about this. Uh, I talked about this with, with, um, with Glenn about, you know, we, we, we needed, to, we needed to, to step out of the known practically every day. I mean, he called me every day we talked. And mm-hmm. it, was, it, was, it was the biggest, it was, it's the greatest challenge for people. It was the greatest challenge for him. It was the greatest challenge for everyone to be able to consistently put yourself in a place where that is with intention, that's what you did. You wake up in the morning and, and you want to step into a, 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 a new version of yourself, a, a version that's yet unknown. Wow. Uh, how cool is that? How scary is that? <laughs> how amazing is that? How brilliant is that? It's everything, you know? And, mm-hmm. um, you know, I, I, what was it? Maya, Maya, I told you there was a Maya Angelou quote um, that, I, that, I, that you did, that you put on our, our Instagram page, our Connect to Love Energy Instagram page. And 
I thought it was, I sat there and I looked at it and I said, that is brilliant. And yet so apropos for, I know the way I live, I know the way you live. And it's, the, the quote is, this is a wonderful day. I've never seen this one before. When you think about that, you're like, no, you haven't seen it before. Wow. Mm-hmm. So why then would you approach that day like you approach every other previous day? That is the mm-hmm. thing. We get into these habits. Smokers have habits. They, have, they, have, they get up in the morning, they got to go have a cigarette. They eat, got to have a cigarette. Got to take a break, and, you know, have a cigarette. And then you have to, you do this and have a cigarette. Yeah, and, and one of the things that somebody was, uh, some brilliant person said once uh, to somebody that was trying to quit smoking is, is that they needed to break the habits. You need to change your avatar. You're the avatar of a smoker. You need to change your identity from a smoker to a non-smoker. And in doing so, you have to shed the habits that are supporting your previous identity. Otherwise, you'll never shed the previous identity because you get the same habits, same behaviors, same mindset, same, same thought process, same schedule that you run your life by. And it's one of the most challenging things for people to do, right? Mm-hmm. And, and it doesn't Absolutely. matter if you're trying, you're attempting to lose weight. A lot of people have made New Year's resolutions. I'm not a big resolutions fan. I, I'm I think it's, not it's at just all either. <laughs> right. However, it, it's it's big in the media. It's big, uh, you know. It's it's a, it's a fun thing for people to, uh, I guess, engage in at the beginning of the year. However, when you say I'm going to resolve to do this or I'm going to resolve to do that, they fail generally because you're not willing to shift the identity associated with what you were doing, or shift your identity to to match to resonate with what you want to accomplish with the person you see yourself being, the person who is already experiencing success with whatever resolution you set for yourself. It's a challenge. It's, it's almost like some people said, somebody once told me, that's like putting the cart before the horse, isn't it? No, no, no. You've got to feel it, believe it, give gratitude and thanks for being there, you know, for, ha- for having, being that person already, for having that thing already, for um, feeling that emotion for having that success, you have to. Mm-hmm. Right? We talk about it all the time. So let me ask you a question. I know there may be some things that have sparks and things within you, but before we end this conversation, I want you to, to, to tell our audience if there's anything that any realizations that you've had with regard to needing an identity change or changing your identity in any way. Mm-hmm. You know, you know into a new oh, no, that's, a, that's a big question, Michael, but actually it's, you're so in tune with it, it, where I'm at because I have done certain things for 20 years and I've had successful um, ventures in, in real estate and being a landlord. And I, I've come to the realization that's not something that I am enjoying any longer and it's time for a change. And so I'm transitioning. And although, you know, there's a lot of things that would are, it's easy to continue with. And there's a lot of upheaval in, in shifting that consciousness. But I know that it, it no longer serves me. It's not really who I am. And if, I, if I'm honest with myself, in the true essence of what I want to create, it's not in alignment with what I want to create. So in order for me to shift that, I, I need to let it go. And, and I know that as I do, there will be some discomfort, 
But I also know that as I transition into what I really love, I'm going to have something magical happen. And I truly, truly believe that, you know, we live in this amazing, mystical, magical universe. And whether you call it a muse or or whatnot, and I think I've mentioned before, there are certain books (laughs) from my childhood that I like to reread every year because um, they just inspire me. And I know. I know it sounds funny, but I just read, actually this time I listened to it rather than read it because I was so busy. But there was, there was a book by uh, Norman Jester who uh, uh-huh. wrote a book called The Phantom Tollbooth. And it is, I, it, I never, never, ever get tired of reading that book because it's this little boy and, and this tollbooth is delivered to his bedroom. And he gets in his little car and he has a quarter that, or you know, a coin that he puts in there and he gets in this toll booth and he goes into this land of wisdom. And rhyme and reason have been, in, have been put up into um, basically a, a lofty castle in the air and they've been taken from the land of wisdom. So there is no rhyme or reason and there's the king of of the letters and the king of the numbers. And he runs into all of these different characters, including Dr. Discord and, and all of these different things. And, you know, you think about it being written as a child, but really it's, it's really a lesson for humanity. And one of the things that I, I think about, and, and as he kind of goes through and he meets, you know, all of these different people. One of the things that I really love is one of the characters is Chroma. And Chroma directs the sunrise and the sunsets and all the colors in nature. And he gets up and he, you know, raises his hands and all of these beautiful, magical things happen. But um, he takes a rest when it's nighttime. And he says to Milo, (laughs) you know, please wake me up. And Milo thinks, oh, you know, he's sleeping soundly. I'll just, it looks so easy. I'll just take the reins and I'll, you know, direct it myself. And, and everything starts to go okay, but the orchestra doesn't stop. And uh, time speeds up and all these crazy colors and, you know, a whole week goes by and finally in exasperation, he just lets his hands fall and the orchestra stops. And then he wakes up Chroma and, and Chroma's like, I feel like I slept for a week and and nobody that was not awake would never have seen (laughs) that that crazy sunsets or sunrises for that week but i you know i think that i read it as a reminder to myself that you know just like like milo you know i'm getting into my car and i'm embarking on a new year and and there's things that are going to come up and there will be discord and dissonance and there will be uh, you know, all of these different things that he runs into. And, and I think it just eases my mind. I'm like, okay, you know, this is all part of it. And at the end of the book, of course, rhyme and reason have been restored and Milo's back in his room and everything goes back to to um, to normal. But, it, you know, and, and it, it's it's just, I think for me, it's just a gentle reminder and it's that connection to my childhood and the wonder and um, knowing that along this path and along this road, there will be different things that I encounter, but it's all part of my journey. And, and it is, it's all part of our journey. And I think that that's really where we do see things through the eyes of a, of a beginner. And we, that's how we experience the mystical in life. 
And, um, you know, so I would ask you the same question, Michael. You know, if um, you're in a place right now uh, where you are going to embark on a, a, with a beginner's mind or to actually embrace something new for yourself, what would that be? I'm already, well, thank you for, very much for that. And um, I'm already doing it, actually. Uh, I'm always doing it, which is interestingly, interesting enough. This is a time in my life where uh, at, uh, at age 64, I have, I have reached a, a point where, like you, I'm ready to transition from what I'm doing uh, into being more uh, of service to humanity, service to people, uh, and um, I've written I've written books. I have you know a podcast with almost 188 episodes, and we've got Connect to Love with many, many, many episodes over I think 55 or 60 episodes we've got because we do one once a week uh, for the podcast, and we do the radio show on Saturday. Um, for that, and I am in a position right now of um, I've been learning uh, about how to uh, manifest on a completely different level, uh, one that involves water is memory, and I've told you about this uh, before. And uh, I I don't believe there are any I don't believe in coincidences, I don't believe in accidents, and that's the way I live my life. So when I come across something. I want to know why, mm-hmm. and I seek to understand its connection to me, and however it resonates with me, if it resonates with me on a deep level, then I pursue it, and uh, and sometimes I'm pursuing two or three different things at once, and I have to kind of step back and, and kind of clarify, um, ask for clarity as to, as to which one I should be moving in uh, and you know where the the uh, which one should be first, which one should be second, which one has priority, should take priority. And mm-hmm. I made a vision board. I made a vision. It started with this vision board that I made uh, in November. Um, and I suggest everybody take a look at uh, doing uh, creating a, a vision board because it really helps you to get your imagination involved in your life. You, mm-hmm. If you can't see it, you can't be it. And uh, I know that sounds trite. However, it is so true. You can't imagine oh. yourself being different, right? I was going to ask you, can't do imagine. you put yourself on your vision board? You put a picture of yourself on your vision board. I'm just curious. Sorry to interrupt you, but I wanted to ask that question. Interesting point. Interesting point. Um, no. <laughs> I put my name. I wrote my name and my signature um, in, in the way I'd write my signature, I have a special a signature that is fully aligned with, with who I am. And mm-hmm. I put that at the top, vision board of Michael J. Russ. Um, the picture to me wasn't as important as me making sure that I said it was my vision board in my particular handwriting, the way that I sign my name. And mm-hmm. uh, because that is who I am. And... Um, and, and uh, what I represent and one of the purposes that I'm here in, in this life. Um, however, I did, it, it's kind of interesting because I have brought together different things that, I, um, that I'm thankful for, grateful for, that I put deep feeling into, uh, and gratitude into, uh, feelings of gratitude. And I, you know, one of the challenges with the vision board is, just like with anything else, you have to believe it's already done. It's mm-hmm. so it is, you know, it is so. 
right. uh, it is mm-hmm. done. And, um, and, and then you go about your life and, and uh, you pay attention to um, continuing to nurture uh, your thankfulness and your gratitude for those things. Um, sometimes it's immediate. Other times it's something that takes a while. Some things manifest in different ways than you originally initially thought they would. Mm-hmm. And, um, and other times uh, they're almost exactly the same way. You know, we have to, it's, it's interesting, when we, when we set an intention to imagine something in our lives, there's a whole host of things you have to pay attention to. And that is, the main thing is your relational connections. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's interesting. I'll tell you a quick little story here. I take a walk about three, three and a half miles a day. And I pass a book box on a trail, at the head of a trail. There's a, a book box, you know, take one, share one, that kind of thing. Right. And I pass it five times, each telling, my, telling myself each time, I've got to go get my zero adversity book, put a couple copies in here. And I finally, <laughs> finally uh, did two days ago. And when I did, when I thought about it that time, the reason that, that I actually followed through is that I got to the trailhead and there was a woman on a bicycle. She was on a, 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 a road bike. And she, I walked and she, you know, rode miles. I, I don't know how many miles that she rode, but she rode to this box. And she, op- she was opening the box, looking at books in the box. You know, what can I take and what can you know, I put back whatever it is? And I'm going, hmm. And I, and I stopped and I said, hi. I said, I don't really believe in coincidence or anything. What's your name? And she says, Heather. And I said, I'm Michael. And I said, I have a couple of books to put in here. So next time you come back, uh, look for one called Zero Adversity. I'm going to put a couple copies in here. Um, and she said, what's it about? And I told her what it was about in the simple, you know, in, um, simple terms. And she said, oh, wow, I like that. And so when I came home after the walk, the first thing I did was get the books. I signed them. I put a little note inside of them, wrote a little note, and I drove them up to the book box, and I put them in. And I don't know what's going to happen from that. I did put my podcast and this podcast uh, in, the, in the book after I signed it, right below it. Uh, you never can tell. The, the right people, I've always believed one thing, the right people, the people who need it will connect with it. And I just mm-hmm. let it go. I don't give it any further thought beyond that. It's kind of like you, you, you plant a seed, you know it will grow, you, have, you, have, you give thanks and gratitude for it growing, and uh, then you let it go. You've watered it. You've nurtured it with the thanks and gratitude and, 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 and deep feeling, uh, with deep emotion, and, and you're, you're off to, the, to something new. And I've always done that. And you never can tell. Uh, I've had people connect with me you know, later on, uh, either by podcast or something I put up. Thank you very much. I really appreciate this. This is exactly what I needed uh, at this time of my life. And you know what? It's not about millions of people, millions of followers. It's about one person at a time. It's about helping, being a service, being assistance of assistance to one person at a time. Uh, there, are, there are millions of light workers out there, thank goodness. Uh, and I'm just one and you're one uh, of, of these millions of light workers. And we all have a similar message maybe. Now, however, that message resonates with different people, not always the same people. And, and that's, that's what I love about this life and 
if I could say anything at all to our listeners about this, about this topic of stepping out of your element, it's, it's to embrace the unknown. To recognize that you're mired in the known, all your habits, all your behaviors, they're known behaviors, they're known habits. You do it every day. You probably do the same thing. If you've got kids, you do the same thing with them every day. And it's when you change your behaviors completely. And like if you, uh, if you, if you went in and woke up your child and said, hey, good morning, I love you, and you'd never said that before, how would your child look at you? Would they look mm-hmm. at you differently? You know, and how would you feel about doing that? Instead of going and say, hey, time to get up, go to school, come on, get dressed, make your bed, blah, 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 blah. You know, the normal thing, wash your face, brush your teeth, come to breakfast, I've got it, you know, it's ready for you. These are the normal habits. What about shifting it up a bit, bringing a little, mm-hmm. bringing a little love? If, if this year, 2023, according to Pam Gregory's, is, is a year where uh, love and connection have the opportunity to thrive astrologically, okay? Um, and planetary alignments are, uh, are now in a new cycle in the next, I don't know, was it 22 years, 42 years, something like that. We're in a cycle where, where, we, where connections, uh, the energy connection can thrive. And love, community, relationship, relational connection can thrive. You know, the one thing I loved about Glenn how how relational connection to him and the depth of it was everything. Mm-hmm. It was everything to him. Absolutely everything. And so when it comes to when it comes to dealing with um, when it comes to dealing with uh, what's going on, okay, when it comes to dealing with uh, with with life in general, relational connection. I, I I keep that in mind. I hold that at, 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 at the top of my uh, uh, list of intentions is to is is to relationally connect connect with somebody every day. If I can if I go out, uh, even if for a brief 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 moment, you never know um, how you can leave someone better than you found them. You can leave someone better than you found them. You know? Uh, mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's pretty amazing uh, that you can do that. You can leave them better than you found them. You know? Um, uh, yeah. I, I, yeah. <laughs> it's crazy. Uh, it, it is crazy well, how that's the case, but that is, that is the case. Yeah. Well, you know, Michael, I, I really... When you you talk when you were talking and and I so embrace everything that Pam has to say in in regards to connection, and I think that part of where we are in in this new year, and we touched on this last on the last episode that really we need to think of ourselves um, in a new light, and it, it has to do with personal sovereignty. And I believe truly finding your own sense of style, owning who you are. I'm, I've come to, to the realization that I am an eclectic maverick. <laughs> That's the, the new word that I'm, I'm deeming myself. I, I, I put all in my places that I create for my Airbnbs, I, 
create, put things that don't even, you would never in a million years think that they would go together. And then once they're all in place, somehow it all seems to flow and to fit. But I sort of own that. And I'm, and I think back to what Pam Grout said about being a thought artist. And so many of us look and see what's trending. And, you know, you have to have the latest shoes or the latest purse or whatever else it is that's trending, if it's the right car. But really, <laughs> right. It, it's about determining your own sense of style. And so I think that when you do that, and, and this goes along with owning your personal sovereignty, you have to really be open to what is available in the universe. Know that each one of us has the ability to create. And it, you don't have to, there's no... There's nothing that makes me more creative than anybody else on this planet or less creative than anybody else on this planet. But I think you have to sort of pay attention to the subtle cues and and really uh, cultivate your own gifts and talents and really look inside yourself for what that is. I think that sometimes even the, the information that we need doesn't even come from inside of us. Sometimes there'll be something that you'll say to me that and it just like opens this floodgates of thoughts that unfold from my brain and, and then I don't even know where it goes from there. But I think when, as you said, you have to be open to the communications. We could be sitting in a coffee shop somewhere or in a bookstore and overhear something or somebody you know, handing us a book and saying, have you read this book before? And you're thinking, oh, I don't even know you. I don't, why are you handing me this book? But maybe <laughs> it could be the greatest gift that they could ever give you. And so by you putting your books in that box, that's so, so wonderful because the people who are going to need it are going to be attracted to it. And I think that who knows, maybe they're looking for a solution and that the problem that they're looking to solve, the answers are right in that book. And, and it can be just that simple. So, you know, yeah, if, we, if we sort of cultivate that practice of being more open and then, you know, sort of amplifying it and thinking ourselves as, as being part of this oneness and we all have this part to play. And if we, if we do a thousand-piece puzzle and there's one piece missing, it's not complete. And you might be that missing piece. So and really, I think to, to see yourself that way makes a, a big, big difference in life and um, so I, that's what I would encourage our audience to do you know whoever your muse is um, sometimes my muse is my dog <laughs> my dogs inspire me to do some of the craziest things sometimes and I'll, you know, one of them had a, an eye issue and so I you know, look for different remedies and then I find some different remedies and then if somebody else has a pet that has that same issue then I share that information and that's really how things evolve, and you gather it, and you kind of um, curate a library of of information exactly. that you can pass along. And it's really, have, uh, you know, a re- mm-hmm. go ahead, Michael. What yeah, are you say? no, no, no. It's really cool. I I, I have to do the same thing. Um, I, only it's not with with the kind of same kind of thing. But I live on a beach. It's a it's a community where a lot of people are moving in. Some people stay for a week. Other people are moving here uh, for the rest of their lives, retiring in one of the communities here. And uh, I, I'm known as the guy who knows where to go. All the people nice. that I talk to, they're like, they're like oh, no, just ask, 
just ask Michael. You know, he knows he knows all the best little places where you can go get this, the best pizza, the best this little thing, some of the happy hours that are around that are some of the best, or where do you go if you need that, where do you go if you need this. I, I just like being of service to people in the, in that way. It saves them time. It uh, it saves them frustration. And um, I I did this test. I, I think I told about this last week, but I, I did this really extensive 75-question test. And the, the, the result of the test um, was that I'm an influencer mm-hmm. and I'm a persuader. I've always known it. Personality-wise, I'm a persuader personality, but I'm an influencer. I, I help people. Um, I don't change people's minds because you can't control people or change people. They have to do it on their own. However, one of the things you can do with anyone is influence them. You can be a positive influence for them. You can be a role model for them and uh, influence them through uh, your own experiential wisdom, your own example, and uh, your own, uh, the way that you interact with them. And uh, a smile is, is one of the best ways to interact with anyone, is a smile. Most people, you, I don't know if you know this, I know you probably do because we're, we're kind of clued into this, but the number of people I come across that do not smile is amazing, it's astounding. People just walking about their lives and you see them, they see you, no smile. Others could be. I'd say only about 20% of the people I come across on a daily basis actually smile if I go somewhere. I leave my office and go out and about and run some errands or whatever. They're, they're, they're you know, at the grocery store, they're, they're um, conditioned to, uh, to be personable and to smile. And I always feel that it's genuine because of the way it's said because of, um, of the way they connect. And uh, that's a great organization that can help their people do that because really it's all about the way you connect. Now, one of, the, one of the big things, big themes for this year astrologically is relational connection, community, being, mm-hmm. finding your unique essence and connecting with others in ways that enable you to be you to maintain who you are instead of sacrificing who you are to be a part of something. That's really, I thought that was a very interesting take on, on the energies of 2023 because so many people sacrifice themselves, either sacrifice who they are to be a part of something uh, or they settle and are not really ever 100% happy with the choice they made. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are, I, I'd be the first one to tell people, I'm, I'm not a belonger. <laughs> I don't join organizations. Uh, I've done that in the past. I'm beyond at this particular point of just joining an organization for the sake of joining an organization. I think there are people who who um, who are meant to do that. I have been the president of uh, the board of the museum for seven years. Uh, I gave and 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 helped and sacrificed and made sure that uh, you know made connections and and helped people uh, to be the best they can be, but. At this point, it's about leaving people better than you found them. Right. If I had to sum it up, that's really what it's about. And I believe mm-hmm. that that was what Glenn really was about as well, leaving people better than you found them. Because he was deeply yeah. interested in people, how they felt. I'm giving a talk in, 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 a, in a month, in five weeks actually, to an organization. And I am right now in the, uh, the phase of I'm – the meditative phase, 
as far as what I can, what, where I want to take the, the, uh, the, the, the keynote that finishes their conference. And one of the things I know that I was told by the owner of the company is I want my people to develop deeper relationships with the people we do business with. And what is the, uh, what's the, what's the, uh, the best way to do that is to make sure that you have prepared yourself for that, for that connection. Mm-hmm. People forget about that part of it. But that's what you have to do first. What is your mindset? What is your attitude? Do you want to connect with other people? Do you have set the intention to have a positive connection with other people? And is your whole demeanor, your attitude, and your behaviors support? Do, those, do they support um, the, a positive connection? And are you focused on the intention of leaving that person feeling better about themselves mm-hmm. by talking about feelings? That's what Glenn was about. So let's talk about how you feel. Forget about the facts. And I was told that decades ago. Forget about facts. Facts don't matter. Facts are facts. They don't really tell you how someone feels about life. And, um, and, I, and, and one of the things that I always remember and I encourage our audience to do is to speak to people in terms of feelings. How do you feel about today? How do you feel about life right about now? You know, how do you feel about doing that? You got a new job. How do you feel about it? And shut up and let them have an opportunity to express how they feel. It's not, do you like the job? Yes, no. No, it's how do you feel about that? How do you feel about your marriage right now? How do you feel about being married? How does it feel to be married for the first time or the second time or the 15th time or whatever it is? You know, how does it feel to to be in real estate? How does it feel to do a podcast? to connect with people. How'd you feel about that, that person you, you just met? That's what you want to know. That's when you get to the heart of who someone is. All right? So it's Absolutely. been a great conversation. How much yeah, time do no, you have? Uh, we're actually <laughs> almost, uh, almost out of time, but I just want to first say um, I include you in, in the category of a maverick. So you're a maverick influencer. And for those of our audience that don't know what a maverick is, it's a person who thinks and acts independently and differently from others. And I think that each one of you is a maverick. You each have treasures hidden within you, absolutely extraordinary treasures. And it's just for you to amplify and do everything knowing that within you is that gift. And I, I just, I'm so excited for what's yet to evolve and, and just really awestruck, Michael, at all of these conversations I have to share with you and, and so grateful for, <laughs> for the opportunity. And I don't Very know if you want to add anything. Yep. Uh, let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Let's, see. Let's, 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 let's do that Maya Angelou quote one more time um, that, I, that you put in that, in, that, uh, in that post. This is a wonderful day. I've never seen this one before. Wow. Think about that when you wake up in the morning and yeah. see where that takes you. See where that takes you on your journey of the day. That's fantastic. And uh, what a wonderful invitation. Thank you, Michael. <laughs> and You're welcome. Until next week. Bye-bye.